We are in Helaman chapter 9. And the key word that I want to center around with this, or I feel we should center around with this, is conversion. And how are, how strong is our conversion? How deep is our conversion? And it's interesting because it really dovetails into our Come Follow Me and Alma and his conversation with his son Helaman and what it means to be born of God. And um, he talks about his experience of being born of God. And so that's kind of what I want to keep in the back of our mind as we go through this, what I feel we should keep in the back of our mind. Okay, so the five go to discover if what Nephi has prophesied is he sat on his garden tower and prayed and says how wicked their government is and then prophesies that the chief judge has been murdered. And so the five go to investigate. And as they are going, I love that it says this in verse 2, And behold, now we will know of a surety whether this man is the prophet, and God has commanded him to prophesy such marvelous things to, to us. And then I love this. Behold, we do not believe he hath. Yet we do not, yea, we do not believe he is the prophet. Nevertheless, if this thing which he has said concerning the church chief judge be true, that he be dead, then we will believe the other words he has spoken. And so then you have to go back and think, what other words did he speak? He talked about their destruction, their imminent destruction, because they have turned from God and become hard-hearted. And it really changes everything for them. If everything hinges on this, they have made this pact, this agreement, that if this is true, then we will listen, we will believe he is a prophet, and we will listen to the other things that he has prophesied. And so they go, and what do they find? The chief judge is dead. And then in verse 4, this is what it says, And now behold, when they saw this, they were astonished exceedingly, insomuch they fell to the earth, for they had not believed the words Nephi had spoken concerning the chief judge. Not only that, they hadn't believed any of the words he had spoken, and it really changed. They made this commitment, and all of a sudden, it was true. And so Christ is coming. The judgment is coming. We were hard-hearted. It's going to all be destroyed. We're going to be cast out. They've denied him, and they. it really is astonishing. And it tells us that they did quake, um, verse 5, but now when they saw, they believed, fear came upon them. When they saw him dead, they believed that he was now the prophet, Nephi's the prophet. Everything he said, fear came upon them. The judgments which Nephi had spoken should come upon the people. Therefore, they did quake and had fallen to the earth. Okay, that's fear. Everything he has said, they are terrified. They have been wrong. They have been spending their life pursuing what they shouldn't. And so I love that here we have an example. Do you think this is true conversion? And I would ask your kids, do you think this is deep, long-lasting conversion? And if so, why? And if not, why? And how would we know? Okay, so they, um, it tells us that when he was killed, <coughs> excuse me, the chief judge, the people that did it, of course, run and tell. That's the way Gadianton works. So they do it in a secrecy and so then they go run and tell everyone and so that everyone comes and sees and when they come to see it tells us in verse 10 that the people were assembled to mourn and fast which is the tradition which 
I just have as a side note, how comical is that? Because how often is this happening? It's happening a lot. Okay, and so this just tells you the traditions of the people that they gather. Really, how long has he been the chief judge? Probably not very long. So they come together to mourn and fast the burial. And when they get there, they see these five that have passed out. And so they cast them into prison. Well, um, oh no, okay, yeah, so scoot back. They see the five, they cast them in prison. Then they come to do the tradition of mourning and fasting. Sorry, I went out of order. So then all of these people who had gathered to hear Nephi pray, and these are the judges, a lot of them judges and, and people of, I don't know, in charge of different things. So people of renown, people that others are aware of. They come to see. And so they're like, what the heck is going on? What happened to the five that we sent to go investigate and find out if, if Nephi's right? And so it, they come and they say, we don't know about those five that you sent to investigate, but we have five who passed out, were passed out, and we assume they're the murders that we threw in jail. And so they say, tell them to come. And so they come and they tell their story. And um, they tell that they were astonished and they fell to the earth. And now I love in verse 15, it says, Now as for the murder of this man, we know not who has done it. Only this much we know. We ran and came. And according as you desired, he was dead. According to the words of Nephi. And then in verse 16, And now it came to pass, the judges did expound the matter to the people and did cry out against Nephi saying, we know this Nephi must have agreed with someone. How in the world could he know? He couldn't possibly be the prophet. We couldn't possibly be wrong. He has to agree to with someone to slay the judge that he might declare it unto us. Okay, now he might convert us to his faith. He might raise himself to be a great man chosen of God and a prophet. Now, the interesting thing to me is we know that so often we put our thoughts and intents, we project those on other people. So if we ourselves are people that are truly forgiving and truly love people and really think people operate with the best intents in mind, then that's what we tend to assume, right, of other people. If that's the way we operate, we tend to assume it. If we ourselves are some, somewhat dishonest, we're looking for power, looking for wealth, looking for how many likes we can have on the internet, how many people can follow us, how popular we are, how wealthy we are, we tend to project that on other people and think that's their motive as well. And so, of course, these men think that is Nephi's motive. It doesn't even register with them the possibility that this could be the prophet because first off, that would mean they were wrong. Second off, there's no way no one is that good. That's what they think in their heads because in their brains, they're not that good. So no one else possibly can be. Everyone else is out for power. Everyone else is out for wealth. So that's what they accuse him of. And that's just such an interesting thing. And so... It, it, you could have a conversation. What do you feel your thoughts and intents are? As you look at other people and you talk to people, do you feel like they're whispering behind your back? 
Why do you think that? Do you think that people think the best of you? Why do you think that? And really, it's how we process things ourselves. we tend to project on others. So it's times when we're struggling and don't have the spirit that we're unhappy that we tend to treat people not very well. Um, truly, people who walk with the Spirit of God are kind and giving and gracious people. It's impossible not to be because we know the nature of God and God's nature is giving and kind and loving. So the more we have the Spirit, the more we will be like that. And that's why these men accuse him of these awful things. They don't have the Spirit and that's their motive. Okay. So it tells us, and it came to pass, the five were liberated. Nevertheless, they rebuked the judges, these five, rebuke the judges in the words they had spoken against Nephi. So now they're testifying for Nephi and to contend with them one by one. Insomuch they did confound them. Okay, that is phenomenal. Okay, so again I would ask, do you feel they have a testimony? How? How do you know they have a testimony? And is it deep and abiding? Okay, and then it says they bound Nephi, they want to accuse him, they accuse him in verse 20 of being confederate, that's an interesting word, I looked it up, it means illegal, secret, illegal, and an accomplice, okay, that's what that means, okay, and then I love in verse 21, it says, now Nephi said, oh, you fools. And I love that. He's not even going to play the game. Ye uncircumcised of heart. And what I have there is I just had a friend study the 10 virgins and talked about where it said trimmed their wick. Because if you trim your wick and take away the burned parts and the parts that aren't as good, your light burns even brighter. And so I have that right there because I think that's what it means trimming away what isn't necessary becoming covenant people being so desiring to do what God wants us to do so I love that you stiff naked how long will the Lord suffer that you shall go in this way of sin I really love that scripture and so he says in 22 you begin ye ought to begin to howl and mourn because of the great destruction that does await you except you repent and then he goes on and he prophesies, as you know, he goes on even further to prophesy that it's his brother and that if they go and accuse him, they'll find blood on the cloak and he'll start to shake. And then if they say, is it you? Did Nephi do say, did he have this pact with you? He will say, I don't have a clue what you're talking about. And you'll know that it was him because he, he will deny and everything happens exactly as Nephi says. And so then it tells us in 38, and he was brought to prove that he himself was the very murderer, this, this brother, insomuch the five were set at liberty and also Nephi. And then I love this in 39, and there were some of the Nephites who believed on the words of Nephi. Okay, so some, is that true and lasting conversion? They just saw him prophesy and it came true. Okay, there were some also who believed the testimony of the five. Okay, they were converted while in prison. So these five that went, that were cast in prison, not only did it change their hearts, but they prophesied and taught and became missionaries. They didn't prophesy, sorry. They taught and became missionaries to the other inmates and converted them. Okay, is that true? Is that true conversion? 
I think so. Okay, and then 40, and now there were some among the people who said Nephi was a prophet. He is. And 41, and there were others who said he is God. For except he is God, he could not know these things. And the thing that really hit me years ago as I taught that, that is also denying the prophet of God. You might think, oh, that's so cool. They believe, they believe he's a God. No, that is, again, a denial of the prophet of God. That is not a testimony. So that isn't a good category to be in because, first of all, our testimony has to center around the fact that we have a Heavenly Father who loves us and want, and that we are His children. And the second, that He sent His Son, that He would atone for us so that we had a way to repent and come back to Him. And that's all His plan. So we have to have a testimony of God. We have to have a testimony of His plan. Third, we have to have a testimony of the prophet being his mouthpiece on the earth, which means we have to have a testimony of apostles. We have to have a testimony of scriptures. So the very fact that they're ascribing him to be a God, what's going to happen? The next time he doesn't do what they think a God should do, that testimony is gone. So that is not a testimony. It's only that conversion (laughs) of those five And that conversion of some who say that he's a prophet that can grow like that seed and flourish and become a true and flaming, bright testimony. But that takes work. And so I love this discussion of is that conversion? Is your conversion based on he can prophesy things and then we see and it's true? Or is your testimony based on Christ is coming? And I better listen to the words of the prophets and I better repent. And that's what we need to really um, look at as, as I read this is your conversion. And are you born of God as Alma talks to his son Helaman? And I love that the two really dovetailed together. So I'm excited to have this conversation with my kids about their testimonies and what it is based on. Is it true and lasting conversion? And I hope you do too. I hope you know the church is true, and more than that, I hope you know how much our Savior loves you.